It is good to be here with you this morning. Um, I hope you're looking forward to the Word of God speaking to your hearts. And I'm hoping God uses my weak lips to do that. Um, I'm just so grateful for my wife. Happy Mother's Day, sweetheart. Um, and again, happy Mother's Day to all of you who are mothers. You have a difficult job. Um, God calls it an incredible blessing, but you have a difficult job as well. Um, kids are like herding cats, and uh, it's not easy to ever get them to go in the right direction. Um, but I love our kids, and I love my wife, and I love being a part of a family like this in Christ. I've got lots of pops for some reason here. I'm sure they'll figure that out. Um, just a small recap from last week. If you were here last week, by the way, if, if you're new with us, my name is Dan Overby. I'm one of the pastors here. I am uh, not the regular speaker. Um, Dan Beckard is. He will be back next week. He is trying to get a big chunk of his dissertation done. So continue to pray for him in that. Last week we talked about freedom. And we talked about how freedom is such an essential thing for the Christian. That it was for freedom that Christ set us free. And in particular, last week we talked about how freedom is in jeopardy. How freedom is under siege. How freedom is, is often attacked. And it's attacked particularly. Is that better? Uh, freedom in particular is attacked because of human pride. We, by nature of being human beings, like to set goals. We like to set agendas. We like to be able to show people that we've met our agendas, that we've met our goals. And we bring that into Christianity. Um, most of the world's religions are like that. They work themselves up towards God. They have a human-based works mentality whereby they climb the ladder and make it up to heaven. Christianity is the only religion that is the very opposite of that. It says the harder you work in your human effort, the lower you go. In fact, Paul was so concerned that he said anybody who would add anything to Jesus Christ, let him be damned. Strong language. This book has the strongest language Paul spoke as far as being straightforward and very uh, heated. Uh, because the gospel is in jeopardy any time we take and add anything to it. And we talked about that last week, that you must stand firm and not submit to the yoke of slavery. That yoke being the yoke of slavery to sin, slavery to peer pressure. Remember the apostle Peter had um, committed hypocrisy because Judaizers had come and said, you can't sit with Gentiles. Even though God had made us all one in Christ, Jew and Gentile alike, they said that they eat a certain type of food that you're not supposed to eat. Even though all those things were to point to Christ and make us realize we needed new life, they had taken it and made it a human works thing. I don't do this, you do that, you're bad, I'm good. Remember we talked about that. That's, that's in the modern church today in many ways. From the ways we worship, to the ways we to think about theology, to the ways you know people compare themselves all the time rather than being free in Christ. So we talked about you've got to stand firm and hold your ground. And I said this week we're going to look at the first part of Galatians 5.1. If you want to turn there, you can. It'll be up on the board. But it was for freedom that Christ set us free. And that is a powerful 
speak, for freedom. He came to set us free from the bondage of sin, to get set us free from the bondage of the worry of death, and to set us free as sons and daughters of God. Like I said, the antidote to, to legalism is faith. Faith is resting in the fact that Jesus paid it all on the cross. I can't be more righteous than he's already made me when he lived his life, died on the cross, and rose again. Because he gives me his righteousness and takes on my sin. He takes away all my impurities and gives me his purity. I can't get any better before God. I am who I am in Christ, and there is no other boasting I can do. That's what Paul says. And when we rest there, we have the freedom to be who God created us to be. But the world would distort that freedom um, by giving it a weird definition. Is that freedom is the idea that you can do anything you want and there, there are no boundaries. But even, I, I, I quoted some of the, father, the founding fathers last Sunday, and I wanted to quote one more. This is Samuel Adams one of the founding fathers, he said this about American freedom. Now listen to this. This is, this is scary if you think about where we are as a people. In regards to freedom, he says, a general disillusion of principles and manners will more surely overthrow the liberties of America than the whole force of a common enemy. Did you hear that? The disillusion of principles and manners, i.e., Healthy human boundaries. Healthy God-ordained boundaries for society. Will more surely overthrow the liberties of America than the whole force of the common enemy. While the people are virtuous, they cannot be subdued. But when once they lose their virtue, then they will be ready to surrender their liberties to the first external or internal invader. That's scary. And that is true of Christianity, too. The minute we lose our sense of ourselves, our sense of the new creation, our sense of who God has made us to be, we lose freedom. Let me use an illustration. I don't know if this is going to work or not, but I'm going to try it. So, so indulge me a bit. I want you to pretend I'm a billionaire. I know that's a big pretend, but go with it, okay? Use big imagination here. I want you to pretend I'm a billionaire. And I have come to you like Oprah does to her audience, but I'm going to go one better. I'm going to say to you, I want you to dream of the most fabulous sports car you can dream of. The one that you've always wanted. And there is no limitation on money. I don't care how much you spend. Detail it how you want. Put whatever paint job you want on it. Put whatever special lights you want on it. Put, um, soup up the motor. Put special tires. Make it low profile. Make it hug the street. I don't care if it's a Lamborghini, a Porsche, a Ferrari, if you're more of an American driver, I don't care if it's a Challenger, a Camaro, or a Mustang. Anyone you want, no holds bar in anything you want. Now, you got the picture of which car? 
I know some of you guys who are motorheads, there's all kinds of cards flashing in your head, and you're having the troubles to stop on one of them. I get that. But I want you to picture this. Now, I only have one condition, only one condition of this car that I'm going to give you free. Only one condition is you take me for a drive in it, and we do anything I want to do. Just once. Not all the time. You're not bondage to me forever. Have to take me on one drive, one day, doing anything I want to do. Now I come to you and I say, I want to go for a drive, and I want to drive through uh, Napa, and I want to drive through Sonoma, and I know where this great pier for fishing is. And we're driving through, and just picture this, you're hugging the road. And it's going around the corners, and it couldn't feel sweeter. Accelerating out of the corners. I mean, it is a dream of a day. The sun is beautiful, it's warm, the top's down, your hair is blowing in the wind, at least for most of you. And I don't know if I'm not saying that. <laughs> Love my brother. Um, and you're driving, and you're having the time of your life. And we come up to the pier, and I say, okay, let's stop here for a second. I want you to take out your fishing pole. And I want you to let a little line out. And I just want you to cruise right off the end of the pier, slowly though. Cruise right off the end of the pier. And we're just gonna, we're gonna do a little trolling in the bay there. Have I just shattered your dream? Has something just went totally awry? You would look at me like I was absolutely nuts. You would look at me like I was as stupid as could be. Whatever happened today when I gave you the car, my marbles fell off before we went on our drive. Right? Why? Because the nature of a car is to enjoy the road. The nature of a car is to rip down a road, to accelerate, to be in the, in the nature of what it is. It can't be about. You would destroy the car and find yourself soaking wet, watching your dream sink, right? That's the nature of things. Everything has a creator, and every creator has set parameters for that thing to excel in. If you take Michael Jordan and you switch him with John Velasquez, who just won the Kentucky Derby, he's a jockey. And you tell the jockey, I want you to go play basketball with your whole heart. I want you to win the game. And you put Michael Jordan on the horse. And you say, I want you to win the race. Will it happen? I don't care how much they dream about it. God made them with a certain nature certain parameters, where they excel and where they don't excel. And when a Christian doesn't live within their parameters, they ruin their freedom. When a human being doesn't live within their parameters, they ruin their freedom. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. He's created us as a new creation. Part of being a new creation is recognizing in faith that Christ paid it all. It's recognizing that I have to rest in the Spirit of God. I can't do things the old way. 
When the world says to us that you should be free to do anything you want, that is called the slavery of sin. In fact, if you look at uh, in Galatians 5, 19 through 21, you're going to see this. That should be on the board here for us. You're going to see what Paul says there. And the fruit of that. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Next slide. There we go. Look at this. Now here's the fruit of taking that mentality that I'm free to do anything I want. No holds barred. It doesn't matter where, whether it's in the sexual arena. It doesn't matter whether it's in the physical arena. It doesn't matter when it comes to morality. It doesn't matter when it comes to anything. I can be anything I want. Sometimes we tell our kids that. What a disillusioning thing to say. God's made you a certain way. Figure out where you're free to be what you're best at what we should be saying, not anything you want. And this is what Paul says, this kind of freedom brings. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You can break these things down into a couple things. One is that a person is almost schizophrenic sexually. They cannot be content. That is not freedom when you cannot be content. Contentment is freedom. They cannot be content, so they try everything trying to figure out, why am I not satisfied? They are outside the balance of the very nature of who they are. And so they run rampant. They can't submit themselves under the, the free power of God. So they try to go to idolatry, pray to other gods, have their own religion. Because I want to have control, I want to have power. They go to sorcery or witchcraft. Witchcraft is on the rise today. Why? Because we want to be in control. But we weren't created to be in control. We were created to be under the umbrella of God's mercy, God's guidance. Go back to the car illustration. I may say to you, you know what? Oil's getting really expensive. Water's a lubricant. You know, next time you change your oil, why don't you just put water in your car? It's cheaper. Logic's okay, isn't it? The creator of the car said, no. I don't care if you think the logic's okay. You'll ruin your car. Yet we do the same things with our lives. We ignore the creator. And we run rampant into all kinds of stuff. And we find ourselves dying on the vine. Look at also, I just want you to notice... Look how many things that show us discontentment and lack of unity with other people. <laughs> Enmity could be described as hatred, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, 
rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy. I don't know about you, but I, I don't want that kind of community. Do you want your home life like that? That's what happens to us when we throw off the free, healthy boundaries that God gives us. We end up with that kind of stuff. Now, it's not describing a person in totality, right? It's describing the kinds of behaviors, the kinds of things you see in a person who can't find their contentment because they're outside the bounds of who they were made to be. That is not what I want in my life. Paul says this in the next passage. In Galatians 5, 16 through 18, he says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. When we take matters into our own hands, we end up with strife. We end up with power struggles. We end up with disillusionment in how we were made in all kinds of ways. But when we walk by the Spirit, we will not gratify the deeds of the flesh. We will no longer be in bondage to sin. It's interesting. When you think of discipleship in the church, most discipleship courses focus on what you're supposed to do and what you're not doing. But it's interesting to me here, Paul focuses on walking by the Spirit. That is the solution to the strife that we have, is to walk by the Spirit and be led by the Spirit, which is in relationship with God. Totally different scenario. We say, you need to read your Bible at least 15 minutes a day, preferably a lot longer. You need to pray. You need to, um, you name it. We've got usually long lists. And they're different rather than walk with God, walk with Him. Ask Him what He wants you to do. Ask Him how He wants you to do it. Believe it. He'll, he'll answer. Loving one neighbor is not like loving another. Each neighbor has their own unique idiosyncrasies. So figuring that out, just like figuring out your kids, just like figuring out your friends, figuring out your spouse. But if you walk with God, you won't fight against those things. In fact, when you walk with God, instead of being this frustrated, pent-up, angry person who's striving for power and hurting people left and right, what you find is just the opposite. Look at Galatians 5, 22 through 24. It says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Compare the... Contrast the list that we read before. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. 
And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Notice a key word in this verse, because I think this is crucial. Paul is fighting against the tendency to be human-oriented, to be human-driven, to be human-motivated. And most of the times that I've heard this talked about, this passage, and even talked about it myself at times, I've thought of it in the way that this is what we're to add to our Christianity. But notice that word fruit. It's not something you can do. You don't add to yourself love. God does that. Maybe we're so angry because we're not resting in God's work. I can't add to my life joy, peace, patience. In fact, the harder I've strived after these things a lot of times, I find myself more frustrated. Because what have I done? I've done the very opposite of Christianity. I've put myself in the driver's seat and said, I'm going to make myself this way. I'm going to look like this. Rather than looking to God for the power and the strength, rather than begging Him, Father, make the changes I can't make. I can't flip on joy. And I'm not very loving apart from Him. But when we walk with Him, and when we're led by Him, this is the natural result. It is the fruit that happens. When you rest in Christ, when you rest in your sonship and daughterhood in Christ, when you recognize that I am God's child, God, what do you have me to do today? As your child, what do you want me to do today? Strengthen me, show me, give me the eyes to see, because I can't see it without you. Help me to be more loving. Fill me up with joy. Give me back the joy of my salvation. And so easily lose that. Now you're walking with God. Now you're asking the person who actually has the power to do something for you. Instead of saying, I'm going to pull up my bootstraps, I'm going to make this happen, I am going to be more loving. I'm going to be more joyful. I'm going to be more patient. Boy, when you read this list, don't you just aspire to this? Doesn't the, the, the Christian in your heart just well up with desire and say, Father, help me? That's what I want to be. I don't want to be the other person that's ugly, angry, and hurting people. I want to be this free person that walks in your boundaries. And those boundaries are healthy and it produces this, this that, that I like, that I want. But I can't make myself this. And when we walk this close with God, it's not a list of rules that we're doing anymore. Instead of going to the Bible as a checklist, a thing that you got to do, otherwise you'll have a bad week, or a thing that you got to do, otherwise God will be angry at you. You go to it as a delight. Father, I want to meet with you. You wrote me this love letter. And if you would meet me there, I would be so blessed. I'd be so happy in heart if you will meet me when I open your love letter to me. If 
you would show me how good you are to me because I so easily got that. I so easily get astray in my Christianity. I so easily want to turn it into a workspace thing and be able to show people that I'm on the right path and I'm doing something and see I'm becoming this person. And Father, I just want to rest in you and watch what you're going to do with me. I only want one opinion. And that's your opinion. Paul said, I don't even trust in my own opinion. Only have one that I look to. It's not man's. It's not even my own. It's Christ's. I just want you to make me who you want me to be. And I want the freedom to live that, to be that person. Because I know there's no better place. That's what I want to be, Father. Make me that person. Does that resonate with you? See, Paul was struggling because the Christians in Galatia had been bombarded by humanism that was religious looking that said, here's what the Bible says. I know Jesus is a good thing, but you also have to do this and this and this. And what they found was just division all over the place. Well, we walk like this. What kind of unity do you think we have? Profound unity. That's a person I want to be. And that's produced, not by doing, but by letting God do it. It's produced by walking with Him. It's produced by letting Him show you the healthy boundaries for your life. Not trying to be someone you're not meant to be. Even within healthy Christianity. I'm not meant to be someone other than Nate Overby. That comes with all his flaws and weaknesses. I get that. But it also comes with all the strengths of being uniquely made by God. Distinctly for a purpose. That sometimes I won't even know till heaven. And if I'll just rest in that, we are so beneficial because then we're being the body of Christ, neatly fit together, exactly how God wanted us to be. This freedom also gives us the freedom to serve one another, to lay our lives down. So Galatians 5, 13 and 14 shows us. Look at this. It's a freedom. For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Isn't that cool? When you're in the flesh, you can't do that. You ever notice that? Even when you're trying to be good, it comes with manipulation. You're usually eking out something for yourself out of somebody else. You usually don't see it till later. The Lord reveals it to you, right? Because you think you're doing a good thing, and you realize you're doing it with twisted motives. But in freedom, we're free to lay down our lives for one another. We were made in the image of God to reflect God. And what has God reflected to us? 
what is he showing us about himself? That he is an amazing God of love that is willing to give up himself to save us. Jesus gave up everything to come down and save us. In Christ, when we're walking with the Spirit, we get the freedom to lay our lives down for one another. That's not humanly possible. Right? Remember the list? Rivalry, strife. Why? Because we're wanting what's in it for me. And in Christ, we're able to release ourselves to God and say, God, my life is yours. And I just want to say thank you with it. Would you not use it to bless your name by blessing my brothers and sisters through me, by blessing my neighbors, by blessing my coworkers? I don't need to fight. I don't need to strive. I don't even need to show anybody I'm good enough for anything. I get to freely serve. And when I do that, it's amazing how productive you can become. Amazing what a blessing you can become. It's amazing what doors God opens left and right for you to share the gospel. You don't have to work. When we do that, we're functioning like we could never do before. It was for freedom that he set us free. Freedom to walk with him. Freedom to be children. Freedom to be in this amazing experiment of God where he flows through us to the world in such a way that he gets, we get the pleasure of being used to see eternal fruit. But it's only when we rest in him. It's only when we quit striving. In 6.10, he says this. It's another beautiful thing. We're free to live a unique love. It says this, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are the household of faith. And I like especially, because I think sometimes we think that we need to show an extravagant love to the world. And that's true. But you know where we need to show an even more extravagant love to the world? Here. Jesus made it very clear that people will know we're his disciples. By the way, one mark. What is it? We love one another. One of the most disenchanting things about the church is its rivalries. It's a strivings to one up and chip in religious fervor. But when you walk with God, when you rest in your Christianity, when you walk in the freedom that God wanted, when you don't let anybody bind you up anymore, you get to love each other, no holds barred, in a way that is unreal. It is, you can't have that within the world. You can love unbelievers, but only to a point. Have you ever noticed that? But when you're with a group of brothers or sisters who are all just loving Christ, 
there is something that happens when time flies and you wish it wouldn't happen. Where you're sitting there going, did five hours go by? How did that happen? This has been so sweet. Where did it go? It's an amazing thing when we quit comparing ourselves to each other. When we simply lay down our lives for each other. And we love one another. It's an amazing thing that happens. And you know what happens? The world has to take notice. You know why? Not because Christians are so great, but because God is in their midst, freely flowing by his spirit. And that is an undeniable mark of Christianity. That people will take notice of. It was for freedom. Christ set us free. Freedom to serve one another. Freedom to love one another. And freedom to rescue one another. Look at Galatians 6, 1 and 2. When we rest in the Spirit of God, when we walk with the Spirit of God, we find out that we can help one another even when we're in failure and struggle. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch over yourself, lest you be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. When we're not in competition, what happens? Your heart breaks over the pain of another. When we're in competition, we go, yeah, I saw that coming. Yeah, if they were more like me, they wouldn't have done that. I'm smarter than to go that direction. But when we're a family in Christ, led by the Spirit of God, you know what happens? We break. We go in gentleness, not in condemnation. There are parameters, healthy parameters to Christianity. Like I said last week, if you see someone struggling in a moral failure that's a clear biblical sin, by all means, don't turn your back on them. But don't condemn them. Help them. Help them. Every one of us needs a healthy hand sometimes. The worst place to be as a Christian is in sin. The most unhappy place to be is a Christian. The most happy person, happy, unhappy person to be is a sinning believer. Because you can't even take pleasure in sin because God has chided you the whole time. Right? And the best thing you can do as a believer if God reveals someone, don't be the sin police. You don't need any of those. God wants you to help. He'll reveal it to you, right? Anyone is caught in transgression, God reveals it to you. Go to the person of gentleness. Say, hey, brother, I know. Sister, I know you don't want to be here. I've seen your love in Christ. I know you can't be happy because I'm never happy when I'm struggling with sin. How can I help you? How can I throw you a lifeline? Here's the life raft. Climb on it. 
can be tempted. You recognize when you see a person in sin, you can be that person, right? Let him take, let him who think he stand take heed lest he fall. The minute you begin to be prideful, Satan's got a foothold and he will throw you down and stop. The minute you think you've got one up over someone because they fall in sin, you have totally forgotten what Christianity is all about. You walk by grace, not your own human effort. You walk in the mercy of the Lord in no other place. And that's what Paul is saying here. Be careful. Gently help. Christian freedom is pretty awesome, is it not? I want to be that person that lives in and bears forth the fruit of the Spirit, lives in the power of the Holy Spirit, so that His fruit just comes through. You can't make yourself bear fruit. That's up to you, guys. It's His power coming out of you. The thing you can do is commune with Him. Ask Him what He wants you to do. Ask Him how He wants you to approach the person who's fallen. Ask Him the best way, the best timing. See if He won't lead you to that. Ask Him, how can I serve my brothers and sisters in a way that, that lets the love fly? How can I do good to all people? Daily, in the workplace, in my home, in my neighborhood. How can I be free to walk in the freedom of Christ? Not outside of it where I'm, I'm walking in my own weakness and fallenness and frustrations. But in the free power of the Holy Spirit that's given to me. How can I do that? He'll show you. I guarantee it. Ask him to revive your heart for love of communion with him and his word. He'll show up. If you just think you're going to go to the Bible and do my devotions, it's a bummer of a way to go. Be honest with the Lord. But I, I'm struggling to even want to meet with you. I know that's not your fault. Would you help me? Would your spirit, would you revive me? If he doesn't show up, for freedom that Christ said it's freedom. Let's not put boundaries on each other. Let's not put false pressures on each other. Let's live in the freedom that he died for. Let's be extravagant with our God. Let it flow. No complication. Amen. I want to end with just giving you guys a few minutes. I encourage you to do something. <clears throat> if there's been someone you just kind of felt like you put pressure on in a false way, outside the boundaries of I think, the love of God, don't confess that them and ask for forgiveness if they're here. If they're not here, I encourage you to call them Because I know that there are people who have left this church because of pressures put on them theologically. Pressures put on them just in religiosity that has been eternal. 
I just encourage you to call them, talk to them, tell them you're sorry. If there's someone here, go to them, tell them you're sorry and pray with them. And then I want you to, as you're gathered in groups, I want you to, groups of three or four, your family, just grab people next to you, pray for one another, that God would give us 